Are you a HubSpot user looking to stay up to date with HubSpot, inbound, and all the information that will make your job easier and help you and your company grow better? Each week, the Spot brings you the HubSpot education, ideas, and tools that you need to maximize your success, make work just a little bit easier, and of course, brighten your day along the way. Listen in as Julie, Doug, Max, and George share their authentic, entertaining, and valuable conversations with the people who really matter. That's right, you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for your HubSpot journey heroes. Welcome to this week's episode of The Spot. Ready, spot, go. And that's right, we're going to talk about inbound 2020 and if we have energy. Maybe we do have energy. I don't know, but we're still here on a Friday recording this episode. Episode 8, guys. Guys, guess what? We made it. We made it past the dreaded seven episodes that most podcasts die if they don't make it to that number. So uh, first of all, we're going to talk about inbound. uh, And Doug, Doug, let's talk about the thriller or virtual thriller in Manila and the fact that it was a tie between outbound and inbound. What are your thoughts, my friend? Well, well, first off, anybody that that missed that uh, that missed that debate, you 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 definitely definitely missed something. What was it, one eighty six to one eighty six at the end? I think we had, I think we were over eleven hundred people that were watching it yeah. at, at at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was it it was a tremendous amount of fun, and I like I knew when you and I were going to go at it, we were definitely going to bring the entertainment factor. What what I thought was, I think two things were special about it, and I would encourage anyone that hasn't seen it. Um, if, if you were registered, watch it on demand. I think they have now a digital pass so that you, you know, even if you weren't registered, you can, you, you can watch, you know, a, the, like the feedback that I got, and I, and I know, you know what I'm talking about, George, cause you saw most of it too. The feedback that I got around like the takeaways and, and how valuable that was that, you know, that was, you know, super special, but, but, but I think in, in, in that process of entertainment, um, we did bring you know, some really good content. And, and more importantly, I think what we did was we modeled it. Like we, you know, we were both playing the game of what we were talking about. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, someone just speaking and saying, here's how you do inbound. Here's how you do outbound. You really got to see how inbound and outbound really bring the same thing. You know, they really come together and, and re- reinforce each other. So yeah, it was a tremendous amount of fun. And I thought it was super valuable. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'll tell you, it was difficult uh, for me to do the session knowing that at the end of the day, I, I actually do enjoy both. Like I, I understood, as you understood, that um, for most companies, it is a matter of a mix between inbound and outbound. But having to like swing clear over to the left or clear over to the right for that 30-minute entertaining, exciting, educational piece – uh, was amazing. I agree with you, Doug. People should go get the digital pass or go watch it. One of my favorite comments, and then we're going to get off of this, was uh, Stephanie Bioki said, I finally feel like I'm at inbound. Yeah. Like right there, was, right, 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 right. So that, that was, was good. That was good. So let's hey, I wanna, talk I about add something. Yeah. I just want to say something here real quickly. I'm sorry, because, you know, I had to remember that we were there for entertainment because I, I did college debate. I actually... Um, you know, had a lot of fun, won some awards doing college debate. And I've always said, having done college debate, it's one of the, it's probably the highest ROI in my college of anything that I did in college. That and typing class in high school are the two highest ROI experiences I had in in schooling. And, And the reason is you learn how to argue for absolutely, totally, and completely. And you learn how to argue against 
you learn how to embrace an argument that you may disagree with, right? And, and, and to support an argument that you disagree with. So it really opens you up to hear more. Um, you know, one of the things that I do with my team is, you know, especially somebody who's really all for something, I go, that's awesome. Now I want you to come back next week and I want you to make the case while this is a bad idea. And when I feel like you can make the case just as well, that it, you know, as you're making that it's a great idea, then if you still think it's a great idea, we're ready to rock. We're all in. Right. So I think it's, a, you know, I, I think it's a great way to be able to play that game. Yeah, it's interesting. I almost as you're talking, uh, Julie, and then I'm going to shut up and let you talk for a, a while because Doug and I have been like hogging the uh, the episode so far. Um, as I listen to you talk, it's funny because my mind was like, oh, debate and improv, two things that modern marketers and sales reps should probably pay attention to that they may not be. Julie, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, no, I thought it was a great session. It was really good energy. Um, you, you guys definitely both brought it. Doug, I could, um, so as the debate was going on, I was talking to Jackie on the Impulse Creative team. She's our growth strategist. Um, and she was like, she said something about just your approach, Doug. And I said, oh, well, you know, he did college debate. So I can see that, right? And that idea of being able to argue both sides. I actually don't think I would have been able to participate in a debate like that at all because I am too I'm like so like practical and boring I'm like no well you need to do both it's both the answer is both the answer at the end of the debate the debate is both both have valid use cases there's a time and a place for everything or most things and the end I just debated myself and that would be very boring to watch so kudos to both of you for being able to step outside of that thought process and really embrace um you know, taking a side when in reality you see the the totality of both sides. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know if I want to ever do it again, but it was fun. It's definitely weird having multiple people on a stage, digital, virtual, whatever, versus kind of having your thing and rolling with it. But it was it's definitely thought, fun. I thought we were going to take like, you know, the Lincoln Douglas debates. We were going to do the the Thomas Davidoff debates. And I mean, with oh. Remington... With Remington having that shirt, and did you notice beforehand, like he had it like off on the side? He he said, "Hey, I'm going to change my shirt because he was wearing an inbound shirt." And, yeah. I, and I protested. I said, "Wait a second, you're supposed to be the referee here. You can't you can't have bias before we start." She goes, "I'm going to I'll, I'll be right back. I'm going to change my shirt." And like 30 seconds later, he's Poof. you know starring on Miami Vice or something. And he it did it. Was it was I was trying to figure out the entire time if he was Crockett or Tubbs, but either way. Either way, yeah, uh, yeah, that shirt yeah. was that shirt actually probably stole the show. Most people were probably paying attention to the shirt, not the debate. So so let's dive into this. Let's talk about I want to break down inbound a little bit. And Julie, I'm going to start with you. Um, what what did you love? So we're going to go a bunch of different directions as we as we do this. But what did you love about the digital experience or digital event? The first thing I loved was uh, actually attending. A, um, because like we've discussed, I have not frequently been able to actually go to sessions. So I liked that. My expectations were exceeded by the digital experience. Going into things, not having like seen the platform, et cetera, my expectation was I was about to get a whole bunch of Zoom links, right? Like I'm going to register for a session. It's going to like do something on my calendar and there's going to be a Zoom link and I'm going to join. And like, that's what my life is going to be for the next few days. So that there was a platform with the videos integrated and all of those things was beyond what I thought would happen. And I think some of the components of the platform 
were better than the in-person app experience. So there's always been this way in the app to connect with people at the event, right? There's been a directory of attendees and things like that. This was the first year I got any type of direct message. Uh, I liked that quite a lot. Um, I think, you know, if I were going to like pick on something, I would have liked more options for my avatar. Oh, wait, wait, okay. we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get to that question. So, Doug, what did, uh, see, cat out the bag, people. But I'm sure Julie has something else she can uh, poke at. Doug, what, uh, what did you, yeah, right? <laughs> what did you love uh, about the digital experience? Well, it's the first time I've ever made a presentation at Inbound that I got to bed at a reasonable hour and in a reasonable condition. Um, so, so that was both good and, and, and bizarre. I, I think that there was more social interaction in, in a sense of like what was going on on Twitter, um, the engagements and conversations, Twitter and LinkedIn. And I think, you know, because people were there, if you had a good session, you, you, you could stimulate that, you know, that engagement and you had that back and forth going on. So like my my back and forth actually happened less on the digital platform than it was there, but I can't remember the last time that I was actually exhausted by going through and the back and forth of the comments. I actually, I did not know, and I mean, George, I'm sure you did, but I did not know that Twitter has a, um, a notification that when you get like a certain number of, you know, ads or something, it's like, you're getting an awful lot of this. Would you like to add filters? And so I like to, I took a screenshot to say, hey, one time I had enough going on 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 Twitter that that it thought I needed I needed to filter it. Um, I've been tweeted, obviously, you know, when when you do the presentations, but I, you know, I remember so I'll look at them post to get a feel of of what was said, but it's it was more broadcast. Even the people that were tweeting, like their tweets were more broadcasting. This was more like you had people going back and forth on Twitter like they were going back and forth on chat. Actually, now you're making me think of this because I didn't have the experience as much in, in a session where I presented. What was really cool with the um, with having Remington moderate us was you're able to see the chat that was going on. You're kind of getting, like you, you know how when you speak, you get a feel for what people are thinking. It's like all those thought bubbles, you actually got to see what those thought bubbles were. And, and, and so that was really cool. It actually did bring much more of a, there's a lot more vitality to it. Like when I went into my Q&A, for my other presentation, I, I actually found that the, that the chat conversation led to stronger answers, if you will, than the actual, you know, direct questions that were being asked. So it would be cool. Yeah. I think everyone should have a chat. If we go live again, we should have a chat and there should be some board that the speaker and everyone can see and, and that could drive, you know, really That's more interactivity cool. in a presentation. Doug, it was much easier this year to extend the experience, right? Like, I'm at my computer. It's easy for me to pop into the Facebook group. Um, and this this happened during your debate. Um, uh, Joseph Rando hopped in and he had a screenshot and your quote about Bacon George. And um, there's like a little lively discussion there that's still happening. Um, and I don't know if that would really happen as much in previous years. We weren't consuming the information in a setting, right? Where I could just like type. It had to be multi-screen. George will go anywhere, man. Bacon, yeah. he does, he does visual. I mean, that's, it does, it's like, cause you don't hear anything after you say bacon. Yeah, that's funny. So here's, here's the thing for me. I, I have some funny things that I loved, but really the big thing, cause I wanted to kind of really like, why, why did this work? Cause, cause by the way, this, this had full potential 
to like be a train wreck. Like an absolute two-day train wreck. Um, but why did I end up loving this experience so much? And I think I keep coming back to the word innovation. Uh, the way that the inbound team actually stopped and then changed the type of content they were going to deliver and changed the way in which they were going to deliver the content, all the way down to sending speakers backdrops so there could be a consistent look feel from a digital experience to uh, it's going to be 30 minutes of pre-recorded and 30 minutes of Q&A, which allowed the uh, speaker to watch the chat pane and actually get a feel and go in the right directions and understand the Q&A, uh, you know, down to um, in in app, you could actually do a video call. And not a lot of people figured this out, but you could you could message somebody and do a video call in app. You could do hearts in app. There was the the motion, you know, uh, making it almost feel a little bit like virtual reality or whatever of the audience and, and the way that your cursor moved. Or there was just innovation and the, the attention to detail that happened from a presenter content platform standpoint that was i just loved it the other thing i loved is that i didn't have to stand in line for the bathroom that <laughs> i loved that it was like five steps bathroom back in right and i loved this too when there were technical issues happening I didn't have to walk down to another room and fight somebody to swipe my ticket. I just went and started watching something else. And then I'm like, oh, let me go back and see if the tech issues are taken care of and rock the original session. So there's a flexibility and in innovation, right? Hey, With speak that, for yourself on the bathroom, George. Like we got a, a one bath rental here. So sometimes there's a line. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm just a call kudos to the team that put that together and to the team that was on call behind the scenes. I mean, just absolute total professionals. Um, I can't, you know, they, you know, they deserve a tremendous amount of credit. Yeah, I would give them a big raving round of applause. When there was tech issues, they, they handled it. So, so with that said, we poured out the love. What do you think that they could have done better? Like, did, did you see any chinks in the armor, if you will? So, so Julie, what did you what what other than the avatar, which I do agree with? I, I mean, we had the round hat, but there, like, how's there no ball cap? What was up with that? Right, um, and like, um, maybe some more hairstyles, or like, maybe some of us would want to wear a muscle tank sometimes. Just saying, just saying, um, it's you know an option for some of us. I mean, um, hey, hey, here, let me throw this in. If we're gonna talk about the avatar. I mean, I know I've lost weight, but I haven't lost that much weight. Like I wanted to kind of plump the guy up a little bit and I couldn't even do that. So I think one of the things that I struggled with, and this is probably a me problem and a virtual problem more so even than it is like a platform or inbound problem. But um, I had a very hard time transitioning into conference mode from my workday. So like Monday was a full packed regular workday. Tuesday was like, and now you're at a conference. And then um, Thursday was like, and now you're at a conference or Wednesday was like, and now you're at a conference. And then Thursday was supposed to be a full work day. Um, I felt like it took me at least half the day Thursday to transition into, nope, these are still the wrong days, half the day Tuesday to transition into the conference. And then by midday Wednesday, I needed to start trans transitioning myself out because on Thursday, I had like seven hours of meetings because I moved things for Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, that was challenging. Um, I had said earlier today, like, Part of me almost wishes inbound had been like a Thursday, Friday situation so that I could have stopped my week and resumed my week. 
Um, I know inbound always starts on a Tuesday, so I, I get it. Um, but that was challenging for me and that's not a gripe on anything or anyone. And then I know that kind of the, it seemed like the meetups were really challenging for people and they weren't working um, quite the way folks anticipated. Um, and that was something that they were really trying to innovate and have happen um, during virtual inbound. So in the future, you know, for future virtual passes and things like that, it will be interesting to see how that concept evolves uh, because networking is a really strong piece of the puzzle. And it seemed like that networking or conversations piece was happening outside of the platform. So how how do we make that happen or work within the platform or should it? Is that the the basket to put your eggs in? Or is it, hey, if you want to tweet about this session, use the hashtag this, right? Or, you know, discuss it. Here's the thread on our Facebook group. Whatever that looks like, maybe is just a different solution for, for networking. I upvote. No, I'll let you go here in a second, Doug. I'll, I upvote the fact of Thursday, Friday, and, and let us go into the weekend um, because much like, and we talked about this, I'll call it the green room, Julie. We talked about how you usually have a drive, right? Or I usually have a flight to like go and I'm, I'm prepping up or I'm decompressing. And like for two days, my wife was like, oh yeah, your dad's in Boston. Like yeah. even telling our friends, you know, oh, George won't make it to Taco Tuesday. Uh, he's in Boston. And they're literally texting it like we drove past his window was open. We saw him and we're like, no, 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 mentally he's in Boston. And so I, I agree with you. Like if by holy hope not next year, this is like still a thing. I hope it's a Thursday, Friday, not a Tuesday, Wednesday. Doug, what's your thoughts? Well, next year, well, next year is not Thursday, Friday, because they've already set the dates. It's September 7th to 10th. Um, so mm-hmm. that and, and right now they only have a digital pass that they're selling. Um, the issue on Thursday, Friday, why that won't happen um, is because there is a world outside of America. Um, and so Thursday, Friday would actually be in many ways, Friday, Saturday for um, right. so that, you know, but but I, but I hear what, you know, I, you know, on that, too, when you go to the conference, you're able to very clearly communicate to your clients and to staff and to everybody. Hey, we're out. We're fully embedded. And, and people get that. They're like, OK, when you let them know about that you know, two weeks out, like, oh, yeah, no, that'd be great. That'd be great. But they still know that you're there. Right. And and so um, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to hit on a couple things that, that I didn't like. And then I'm going to share a couple of ideas. So it's one thing I didn't like, one thing that I missed. And then I'll share an improvement idea. And if we have time, I'll show you what the weirdest thing about doing a presentation um, at Inbound is versus doing it live, which was different than the debate because our debate was totally live. Um, so what, what I did not like is I did not like the experience in the session um, because it made it, it's already hard when when you're on your computer, you've got all your other screens, I'm a three screen person. And I understand that they were trying to give their sponsors some love and they're trying to find ways to, to, you know, to, to justify sponsorship. But when you're in that room, the video was the third most important thing there or the fourth most important thing. You had the ad running on, on one side going on and on and on that you could help. You had like the people that were constantly moving that took up a lot of the real estate. You had the chat going on, that, right? And then up in that corner um, was the video. Now you could pop it out, but if you popped it out, then you either had to move, you know, so you would, you would inevitably move it or, you know, like when I when or a couple of times I just went ahead and tried to make it as big as I could make it to block out as much of the other stuff, but I'm still you know, it, it was still a very weird piece. And so I'm going to say it was like the one thing that wasn't inbounding 
it was like interruption, interruption, interruption coming at me in those, you know, in that session while it was going on. I think that that was perfect for the intro. I expected when I first saw that, that what would happen is once it went live, the video would then fill the space. Um, and if you look at a lot of places where, and I think the production team did a great job of, of having, um, you know, cause we sent them our video and our slides, they got them as two different, um, you know, they took them as two different tracks. And so, you know, they, they mixed that in well, but they could have used that more screen to create a, 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 you know, a better experience in terms of, you know, in terms of what was going on. So, so I think, I think some of that to make it more immersive would have been, um, you know, that, that was the piece that I did not like. And, and again, I want to emphasize, I mean, the fact that they built what they built in the time that they built it and it worked, like, I still am shocked by that and I'm uh -huh. you know, in awe of, but that was, you know, yeah. to me. The, yeah, the I, I got stuck with the video too, Doug, um, because the videos didn't autoplay. So my expectation as a user was I would click into the session. When it was time for the session to start, the video would play. Um, and I missed the first two, three, five, ten minutes of sessions a few times because I would hop in like three minutes early um, and then like check my email. And then all of a sudden it was 10 minutes later and I missed something. And I'm a yep. person who has a very hard time coming in the middle and understanding what's going on. So yep. um, that's like a small tweak yep. too. Then the second, the thing that I missed, you know, and, and I thought the spotlight with Christopher Darmesh and Brian was, was, was really good. Their keynote every year, is is a thinking keynote you you've got i mean first off i missed there were there were no pictures of brian driving with romeo and brian always has something that he realized while he was driving somewhere with romeo but but you know that that you know the narrative that brian tells that that you know it kind of opens it up um you know so again there was definitely some coolness in terms of how you got to see a little bit of that casual nature and and, and you know the back and forth um I would have liked to have had their keynotes as well. Cause by the way, Darmesh's keynote is the highlight of my year every year. Cause I am always going, what is he going, you know, last year he talked about, you know, him and his son and, and, you know, dunk your head. Like we still, like we still use that when someone's doing something they're uncomfortable with, we say, dunk your head, dunk your head once, dunk your head. Like, you know, where does that come from? I mean, we're still talking about aligning vectors. Um, his, his conversation about diversity, the, you know, those things. So I really, really missed that. Here's my idea to make it better. To, and it, it relies on some level of commitment on the part of people, but I don't, especially after having gone through this now, I actually don't think it's even as needed for that. I love the idea that we sent in our videos in advance and we had Q and A session. Mm. I would make videos available before the conference starts to conference attendees. You could watch videos. You could begin to familiarize yourself with what's there, what's going on. You could then go to Q and A's from the people who were doing those videos. And like, I'm really good at hearing something and immediately having a question. I know a lot of people, they really need to kind of think on it and they need to absorb it. And, and I think that, you know, I think what would be really cool, I actually think it would be cool for live conferences is have speakers record, you know, maybe a 15 or 20 minute video that has value in it, not, you know, not promoting their session. So you can begin kind of that conference experience before the conference really begin to familiarize yourself. Cause there's, you know, sometimes you feel like you're playing roulette when you're choosing your sessions, 
right? And 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 you know, being able to see that, you know, George, you do your 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 fifteen minute talks is, you know, helps with that. I I think that would be a place to really take advantage of the fact that we are virtual, and and we can bring some asynchronous components to it. So that's what I would. So that was what I didn't like, what I missed, and what I think could make the next set, the next one better. Yeah, I love those. And and it's interesting because I do love the idea of this tease, right? And that is exactly what Inbound Speaks tries to do. Um, but we can only get so many interviews in in a certain amount of time from when they release the speakers to when actually Inbound happens. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, for me, there was one thing that I thought they could have done better, and I'll keep this succinct, and that is the whole Q&A scenario, meaning I went to a lot of sessions where at the end of their recording, they were supposed to answer questions, and the questions were being upvoted, but multiple speakers, this is why I know it was a major problem, multiple speakers forgot the number one rule of being a professional speaker, and yes, and... And they made a big deal about the QA disappearing, bouncing, not being able to read the questions. And so what should have happened is the QA should have been being able to happen the entire time the pre-recording was happening. But as soon as they went to answer the questions, that upvoting should have been turned off and the questions should have stayed exactly where they are. So the speaker could have rolled down through those Q&As. I understand, Doug, what you're probably going to say, because by the way, if you're not watching this, you should be watching this because we get these cues from each other, is Doug just said, well, I'm good at getting questions immediately, but you know, I might need to marinate on it. And I know some questions will breed other questions, but you have to ask yourself, like, is that more important or the speaker being able to actually answer the question? So, so my, my one suggestion- That's all I was going to say. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. That's not what I was going to say. Okay. So my suggestion is next year, uh, the Q&A needs a little bit of help. That's the only thing that really, like, I didn't have an issue. I, I figured out the videos. Um, I figured out some things inside the platform. I figured out how I wanted to set my, you know, desktop up to be able to do, like, Twitter and all the other things. Like, I was, I was in the zone other than, like, that friction bouncing point of speakers – and maybe it's just because I'm a speaker, but I was like, come on, what are you doing? They, they, fix, they fixed that from day one to day two. So day one, they were having it auto. So it was auto setting and that's why I kept jumping. Day two, they fixed that. So it, was, it wasn't happening. You as the speaker could reorder it if you wanted to see if upvotes had changed and you could scroll up and down. But that whole bouncing thing. So they did go in and fix, and it. fix it on both chat. Because by the way, you had the same problem on chat. You could not follow a chat because it kept every time someone added the next chat, it would take you down to the bottom. And you're like, wait, I was trying to figure out what people were. And again, day two, they fixed that, you know, again, it, you know, it, it's also like, you know, the first session, they had some tech problems. It, it's why every stadium on the planet, whenever they have any type of work done before the season starts, they do what's called the big flush, right? They go into every, you know, every single toilet and urinal gets flushed at precisely the same time. Because you can QA test something like that all you want, but when 10,000 people show up to play, there ain't, you know, you haven't tested anything, right? And so that, you know, so by the way, I was super impressed because I remember thinking, how am I going to answer a question when you like literally can't read anything? But, um, but by day two, it was, yeah. it was fixed. And it's funny because, say, go ahead, go ahead, Julie. Um, I have to say the inbound team is fantastic. Um, I have been a sponsor at Inbound before in person at the the BCC, and they are always super helpful, super flexible, adaptable, friendly, 
understanding, empathetic, like all of those good, like customer service things that you want to see and hear, um, you know, they've, they've really taken it to heart and they make it a very good experience um, on, on both sides. And they care, they care so much. Yeah. So we're running up against our time. I want to ask two other questions. We're going to try to keep these questions as succinct as possible. So, uh, Doug, you alluded to the fact that people can get a digital pass. There's this content they can watch. Um, what was your favorite session that you would say to anybody who either already has a pass or can get a pass that they should definitely go and watch? No question. Oh, no my question. gosh. <laughs> I, I almost prefaced I almost prefaced other than us um so other than us what would your favorite um, session so, be so, so I don't I don't I don't get to say the uh the revenue um revenue operations session remember he was know, the guy battling for outbound so I'm just saying he was the guy battling for outbound and here he goes so I I, I thought that um John Dix's session on on how on how HubSpot built a $650 million company on HubSpot. It, it actually was totally not what I expected. And, and it, and don't watch it because you're looking for um, like detailed, you know, you do this, you do this, you do this, but, but talking about what the experience, like, it, it, you know, what the experience of, of building a tech stack and managing a tech stack involving people and, and, and those considerations to really understand where business process and tech, you know, where they have to be um, orchestrated. I thought it was, it, it was a fascinating perspective that he gave. Julie, what was your favorite session that you think everybody should go check out? Um, there's this really cool RevOps session on eliminating friction. Uh, so Doug, you are on my rewatch list um, because I did come in. I actually, your session was one of the ones I hopped in late to. Uh, because it didn't autoplay. I was there, I was ready. And then 10 minutes later, missed the top. Um, but, you know, always good stuff, good perspective. Um, not necessarily um, what I appreciate about your position in this inbound world, Doug, is that you're not always like rah-rah inbound. Um, and as like the boring product, pra pragmatic, practical person I am, I like that. Um, so definitely worth a listen. There's also a session about like doing better virtual presentations um that uh, uh jackie from our team and i just like lost our minds over because that's some cool like google slides hacks and things like that so definitely recommend if you want just a uh, not super heavy marketing content but something really practical and tactical to use in your life Ooh, I've never felt older than when I got excited about Google Slides features. It's it's funny because I saw that conversation in our company Slack and I was like, look at these hashtag nerds. Like they are they are freaking out over Google Slides right now. I'm a level one nerd. Like give me slide presentation. We're still talking about it, right? And that's the thing. We're still talking about these things. And, and that's how you know a session is really great. Um, and I'm really excited to rewatch this year. Um, and to figure out how I can speed up some of the speaking cadences for some of the sessions I rewatch. Yeah. That's next I, year's debate. Slide deck or no slide deck? I'm going to take the slide deck side. You should. Ooh, you should I'm going to take you, the no slide deck side. No. Yeah, you should. Uh, Use slide decks wrong. 
All right, so my favorite session, I actually have two. I liked how to build a kick-ass uh, lead nurturing uh, process in HubSpot by Emily. She's one of the HubSpot trainers. Uh, definitely check that out. One. But then also, if you're trying to build any type of educational content, resource, whatever uh, scenario, Chris LaDolce from HubSpot Academy did a bang-up job on kind of telling the story of where they started, what they've gone through, what you should have in place, things that they've done wrong and right. It, it was just a really Really good session. So uh, we're almost out of time. Last question. Um, actually, I'm going to put this in a two-part question and we can answer it as quickly as, as you want. Uh, one is what did you miss most about being in Boston? And two is what's your biggest takeaway from the event? So what you miss about Boston? What's your biggest takeaway from the event? Doug, go for it. What I miss about being in Boston? Um, sitting in the lobby of the West End. Um, being actually sitting in the lobby at the Westin the second night, um, which is typically a club inbound night, um, when you're exhausted and people just start coming through, you know, now you inevitably see Brian, um, you're just hanging out and everyone's exhausted. And it's like, it's just, it's just real people, um, your, your community and that, 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 that's what I, you know, just no, no question. That's what I missed the most. Um, what was my big takeaway? You know, the 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 the, the big kudo that I gave to the, to the entire team, I, I put this on Twitter, was, and, and it's in a small way, they created community for a little bit more than a day, and 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 you were reminded that, yeah, it is absolutely crazy out there in in more ways than just the pandemic, um, but you're not alone. Um, there, you know, there there's there's a group, there's a community, um, and and you know, there's a lot of love all around and, and it's and it, especially with what's going on it's easy to forget that and that was my biggest takeaway um well i missed just being in boston boston's a cool city all the time um i also missed um you know i've been working virtually remotely for a very long time and inbound is always a time to see team members and clients and get FaceTime and like be physically together with these people i don't see but love dearly um so i missed that quite a lot um and I think my biggest takeaway is now more than ever, uh, inbound is about so much more than marketing. Yeah, absolutely. So I will agree with you. I miss the people, like the elbows, the hallways. I mean, we had a little bit of that digitally, but but it's just it's a it's a thing for me that since 2012, like I I just love the people. Speaking of that, though. There were 65,000 plus virtual attendees. And I have to say, I'm super curious when, I'll use the word when, it goes back to being at Boston, what mammoth type of leap will go from last year with 24,000 attendees, this year 65,000 plus virtual attendees, what happens when we go back and so many people have got the taste of inbound that they now want to go to the physical event that's that's for me very interesting i alluded to my big takeaway at the beginning of this and it's about innovation and flexibility if you're willing to innovate and willing to be flexible you can achieve magical things and i truly feel like the inbound team achieve something that is magical versus what could have been a train wreck. And I give them a big round of applause and kudos to the fact that we now have a great event under our belt and a great 
platform filled with content that our teams and ourselves can continue to educate for the rest of the year. That to me is absolutely amazing. Any final last words to our audience as we send them back to their regularly scheduled day? I mean, thinking about this, the greatest thing about this this event is um, all these conversations afterwards. You you were we talked about what you missed here. This conversation, you didn't miss anything because you can get that digital pass and you can watch it all. And and you know, I, I think the biggest change they need to make when we go back to being live, I think they should have done this before, is I think every session needs to be recorded. I think it will be because it's going to be online and virtual together. But I think everything needs to be recorded. That record, like you've got exactly what you said. The takeaway is go watch this stuff because there's really good stuff there um, and, and, and you don't want to miss it. Go watch it all, and we'll be waiting for you in the next episode.